and to all of the ladies for your contribution. I greet you in the mighty name of Jesus. This is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it for great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. We serve a living God. That alone is reason to rejoice. We have the faculties of our hands, our ears, our eyes, our smell, our lips, and let us with that make a joyful noise unto the Lord. Oh, blessed be the name of the Lord. May God truly bless you all in Jesus' name. Before the word, I'd like us to join together and pray. Oh, Heavenly Father, we thank you for your goodness, your mercy and your grace. We thank you that we could be gathered together in your name this morning. We ask, Lord Jesus, that the word will come from you and that you will anoint me to be your mouthpiece, that you will be glorified and blessed, that your people will be blessed and edified and that many will give their lives to you. We ask this in the name of Jesus. Amen. To the word of God from the book of Matthew, chapter 16, verses 15 to 19. And I will read that in your hearing. He saith unto them, But whom say ye that I am? And Simon Peter answered and said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus answered and said unto him, Blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood hath not revealed it unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven. And I say also unto thee, that thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And I will give unto thee the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatsoever thou shalt bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatsoever thou shalt loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. This is the word of the Lord, our key verse for this morning, taken from verse 18. And I say also unto thee, said Jesus, that thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. The Bride of Christ. The Church of the Living God. A body of believers chosen by God hand-selected, called out of a sinful, mean and wicked world to form a body that Christ affectionately refers to as the bride, Jesus being the head of the body and the bridegroom, forming together these individuals called by him to create a body of believers who day by day are being shapen and molded and pulled and pressed and crushed and brushed up and smoothed into a perfect church, a church that when it's presented before Jesus Christ shall be without spot or wrinkle. Jesus 
gave many names to his church, his hands and his feet, his body, the epistle not written with hands and the bride of Christ. You know, Jesus was the greatest teacher to ever live for many reasons, but one of them being that he was able to teach men at all levels to ensure that they understood the wonderful word of God. When Jesus spoke to farmers, he'd speak about seed time and harvest and vine and branches. And when he was talking about the church to the Jews, he likened the church onto a bride preparing herself for her groom. In the days of old in the Jewish kingdom, a man would choose a bride to marry. And the bride, having accepted his invitation, the couple would be separated physically for a period of time whilst the groom-to-be would go away and prepare a place for him and his bride to live. The only requirement for the bride was to be faithful to the groom until he would come again and to show her commitment to the coming of her husband-to-be, she would get a lantern filled with oil and burn a light within that lamp and place it somewhere where it could be seen in her home so that when the groom would make his return or as she would approach him, he would see that light burning and know that she remained committed onto him. And when the bridegroom would return from making the place ready, he would be happy to see her light shining and burning for him. And when the marriage day would come, she would be adorned in bright white apparel and the two would become one flesh. And faithful would that groom be to his wife forevermore, not wanting any harm to come near her, being prepared to give his life for her. Such was the groom's love for his bride. And the word of the Lord declares how like a faithful bridegroom is to his bride. So God's love is for us, his bride, the church. Like the bridegroom chose his bride-to-be, Jesus has chosen us. Not because we looked good, not because we came from a good stock, or a family pedigree. He chose us whilst we were sinners. He chose us whilst we were tainted and ugly with the stench of sin. Even in that place, Christ loved you. And like any faithful lover would, pursue the object of his affection. Through many generations, our bridegroom pursued us. Our bridegroom pursued us, so great was his love for us. Even when we were looking at other idols, other men, yet Christ pursued us, fought for us, chased after us, 
forgave us and watched over us in the hope that one day, having chosen us, we might accept his invitation into marriage. Isaiah declares how our maker is our husband. And we read in the book of Ephesians chapter 2 how Christ loved his bride, the church, so much that he gave his life for her. And Jesus, like the bridegroom portrayed in scripture, describes in the book of John chapter 14 how he has to go away to prepare a glorious place for his bride. For where he is, there are many mansions and he's gone to prepare a place for his bride. And just like the bridegroom of old, he too will be coming again, looking for a bride whose light is shining, looking for a bride who has remained faithful unto him as he has been faithful unto her. And when that great day should come, like the brides of old, we will be clothed, it says in the book of Revelation, in bright white linen raiment, symbolic of the righteousness, the goodness that God has clothed, clothed us with through Christ Jesus. And we will be called into the marriage supper and there we shall live forevermore. But God being the gentleman that he is, has not gone to leave us alone, oh no, 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 no. Whilst he's gone to prepare a place for us, he's working hard to prepare us to make sure we are ready for his return. He knows his bride has an enemy, an adversary, who is determined to kill, to steal, and to destroy, and to separate us, the bride, from our bridegroom. So as a hen brooding over its chicks, our Lord sings over us, defends us over every war raged by the enemy. Ask Israel, Deacon Stephen in his last address spoke how there was a church in the wilderness. This being the children of Israel who like us, had been chosen and selected and set apart for God. They had many enemies, the Amalekites, the Babylonians, the Egyptians and more besides sought to sever, to entice, to kill and to destroy the bride. But God would lift up a standard against the enemy for he had chosen his bride and he was not going to let her go. He would send the hosts, the angelic hosts to destroy the enemy of his bride. We read in the book of Esther about a man named Haman who sought a seal from the king to destroy the bride. But when the church gathered together and went on prayer and fasting for three days and three nights under the instruction of Queen Esther, that direction, that king's decree could not prosper and the enemy of the body was put to death. 
Would time permit me to tell you about how the Egyptians, when they persecuted the church of God, the more they afflicted them, the more the body grew, the more they sought to tarnish them, the stronger they became. When God instructed the church in the wilderness under the leadership of Moses to apply the blood over the lintels of their houses, we see how God would pass over the houses of his body and the wrath of God could do them no harm because they were covered by the blood hallelujah the church is protected god is preparing a place for his bride and until that day comes our god is faithful to preserve you to keep you to protect you from the hands of the enemy the gates of hell shall not prevail against god's church Oh, child of God, God has been protecting his bride from the enemy since the dawn of time. Since the enemy beguiled Eve in the Garden of Eden and man was thrown into sin, even then God didn't sever his ties. He remained in love with his body, in love with his flesh of his flesh and bone of his bone. Oh God, since the dawn of time, God has been pursuing and protecting and preparing his bride, knowing that he was going to come again and provide a means for the bride to be saved if she would only just accept the invitation. Even in their captivity, God was with his bride. Even through the fire, God was with his bride. When the great Red Sea could have fallen upon his body, the Lord kept it open. Oh, how he loved his bride. He stood with his bride through the fire when the enemy threw those three Hebrew boys into the fire. God stood with them. When his church was in the lion's den, he closed up the mouth of the lions. God loves his church. The gates of hell will not prevail against it. The weapons were formed against this church, but they did not prosper. Even in the midst of plague and pestilence, the church in the wilderness was divinely protected. For whom God saves, he keeps. Whom God chooses, he keeps. God is fully committed to this union, but will you be committed to this union today, O bride of Christ? Hallelujah. The locust could not harm the church. The pestilence did not destroy it. You think COVID-19 is the first pandemic to ever come up before God's people? There was a pandemic in Egypt. Hallelujah. There were sores and weeping of sores and sickness in Egypt. Oh, hallelujah. But God protected those whom he had chosen for God loves his church. Yea, though the church might walk through the valley of the shadow of death, it must fear no evil, for God is with them. Oh, hallelujah. 
There were many fallen soldiers in the church, many who died in the battle over their souls. But though their bodies fell, their soul had no harm against it. For the word of God tells me that there will come a day when Zion shall awake, for the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trump of God, and even those who are dead, provided they are in Christ, provided they are in the church, they shall rise first and go to live with the Lord in glory. Oh, tongues rose up in judgment against the church. Wicked, backbiting, gossiping tongues rose up against the church. But those tongues were condemned because God loves his church and the gates of hell shall not prevail. In our golden text this morning, we read this truth that the gates of hell shall open, that the gates of hell shall seek to conquer and will rise up against the church, that it will come upon them with an onslaught of weapons formed, but they shall not prosper against those who are in the church, his bride, the gates of hell shall not prevail. For God is faithful to his bride and through the preparations of the wedding day, they can be painful. The molding, the preparing, the sculpting of the bride can hurt, but it is to prepare you my brother and sister, not to destroy you. It is to make sure that when your bridegroom returns, you will be strengthened, established, lacking in nothing. For there are great and precious promises reserved for the church of the living God. You are a holy temple. You are a habitation for God through the Holy Spirit and the Holy Ghost works in us, making sure that we are ready and stay ready for his coming, enabling us to keep our vessels clean, enabling us to live right, for God is coming back and looking for a church. Will you be ready? Everything God has reserved for you, everything that God has is reserved for the church. We are heirs and joint heirs of every promise, every gift, every riches given to God. We have before because we are the sons of God, because we are his bride. Those who are in the church are the head and not the tail. Those who are in the church are above and not beneath. Those who are in the church are loved by God, chosen by God and protected by God. Those who are in the church can be a partaker of his divine nature, meaning because he is strong, I can be strong, meaning because he is holy, I can be holy, meaning because he is love, I can be love, meaning because he is strong, I can be strong, because we are partakers of his nature, but we have to be in 
the church. Those who are in the church are cleansed by God. You are nourished by God. You are the pillar and the ground of truth by God. These are the promises for the church. You are saved by God, strengthened by God. You have been given the power to live right in this difficult world because you are in the church, because you belong to God. You are holy because he is holy. You are righteous because he is righteous. You are a royal priesthood. And you know what, child of God? Because you are in the church, every prayer you pray can be heard by God. Oh, there are so many promises reserved up in glory for you. So many blessings that God wants to pour down on you because you are in the church. And I want to remind you today, church, that the gates of hell cannot prevail against you. Oh, these great promises for the church. We have nothing to fear, nothing to be alarmed about. The same God that saved his church in the wilderness is the same God that can save you and I today. We have nothing to fear. For even if the battle for the Lord should take our life on earth, we know that when he comes again, the dead in Christ shall rise first and we who remain shall be caught up to meet him and there shall we live forevermore. But you cannot claim access to these promises except you be in the church. The church I speak about, the bride I'm speaking about is not a part-time relationship. It is not a part-time union. It is not something we can dip into and dip out of. You don't attend the church in order to have access to these wonderful promises of eternal life and strength and blessings. You must be in the church. You don't attend the church. You're born into the church. How am I born into the church? I take on the name of Jesus. I am buried in much water in baptism. I lift up out of that water. I am filled with the Holy Ghost and the fruit of the Spirit with the initial evidence of speaking in another tongue as the Spirit gives utterance. And I live with that Holy Ghost in me. I have the ability and I live each day with his help and his strength to do the right thing, having the fruit of the Spirit, which you'll find in Galatians 5.22 and onwards. You don't just come to the church. It's not a building that you can just come and go if you want access to these promises if you want fully comprehensive protection from God Almighty you must be born in the church I encourage you those of you who have been baptized in water you need to be filled with the Holy Ghost ask God to fill you with the Holy Ghost become hungry and thirsty for the Holy Ghost for he that hungers and thirsts after righteousness shall be filled the Holy Ghost that you need in order to be in the church is a gift. It is a gift. You don't have to beg, borrow or steal for it. You just need to want it.
You just need to ask for it. And our God who is faithful, who has begun a good work in you, will be faithful to give you the Holy Ghost. You've got to be born into it. You must be born again. You must be born again. And many of us have been tricked by the enemy into thinking that we have to give up so much more than what we gain from being in the church. Not so. You will gain far more than you have to give away in order to be into the church. It is not a hard matter per se, brethren. No matter what the world or the enemy tells you, you receive far more in Christ than you would ever receive outside of Christ. All that glistens is not gold, but you see this precious treasure. You see this wondrous joy in Christ. It is far more sweet. It is far more pleasing. It is far more edifying than the riches of this world. Don't be fooled, brethren. All that glistens is not gold. You need to be in the church. I urge you, my brothers and sisters, whilst you have this gift called time, don't waste it hopping in and hopping out of the church. The promises that I've just described and many more beside that are in this, in this book, in the word of God, are reserved for the bride. They are reserved for those who have been born again, born of the water in baptism and born of the spirit. Our bridegroom has been faithful to us. We can't be unfaithful to him and expect access to his promises. Let us not be like the foolish virgins who were waiting for their bridegroom to come, but they were not committed. They were not faithful. There was not enough oil in their lamps. Let us be like the wise brides to be, the wise virgins who made sure that their lamps were topped up, who were committed to prayer, committed to fasting, who loved one another, who strived to live holy, who did their very best with the help of the Holy Ghost to be ready for when their bride came. God isn't trying to trick you. If you will commit to him today, he will move heaven and earth to make sure you have everything you need in order to be faithful unto him. I urge you again, whilst you have this gift called time, don't waste it hopping in and hopping out of church. I know that there are some things that keep drawing you away, but there is no love on earth that is as sweet as the love of God. Oh, won't you taste and see that the Lord is good? Oh, won't you just taste and see that the Lord is better than any relationship you can have on earth. I love my husband. I love my family. But the love of God is so rich.
rich and pure. It eclipses any love that I could experience on earth. Some of you don't want to let go of the boyfriend. Some of you don't want to let go of the girlfriend. Some of you don't want to let go of the riches of this world. But what good is there for you to gain that earthly love, to gain all the riches of this world? And when Jesus comes again looking for a bride, you're not ready and you lose your soul. There is better for you on the other side. The other side being when you become a born again Christian believer. When you take on the name of Jesus, heaven and earth, hallelujah. The blessings, the ability, the the. the the strength God wants to give to you is reserved for you, but you gotta take on the name. You gotta take on the name. You can't be having the name of sin and want the riches of God. You've got to take on the name. Hallelujah. He wants you to be his bride. Nothing you have done or will do or have ever done will keep his love from you today. There is an invitation. Jesus is calling for you to be his bride. Jesus is inviting you to come into his marriage, to come into his blessings, to come into his peace, to come into his love, to come into his joy. Will you accept it today? We're going to close in prayer shortly. And I urge you, don't even overthink it. The word of God says, if you take a step towards him, if you draw nigh unto him and you're drawing today, my brother might just be a shuffle. You might only have strength for a shuffle, but I promise you because the word of the Lord says that if you just draw near to him, he will draw near to you. Take that step today. We're going to pray and I want you to close your eyes and say, Lord, I want to be your child. I want to be your bride, but I need help. I need help and trust God. He will move heaven and earth to make sure you get the help that you need. Don't delay any longer come today. Sister Lindsay is going to close us in prayer and as she does, I want you to come. I want you to make that commitment in your heart and to confess it with your mouth. Lord, I come. Jesus gave an invitation to the weak and heavy laden. He said, come. He said, come to me. The destitute, the hated, the disliked. He said, come. If you're hurting, come. If you're wandering in and out between two opinions, come. Some of you think you need to fix up before you come into church. No, come into church and let God fix you up. Come, come, come unto me, all ye who are heavy laden and weak, and I will give you rest. He wants to take care of you today. Come to him.